0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to PodcastJuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and we are here for Vault 3 Tracks Review, our deep dive, uh, scuba expedition into the funk. Uh, Let's just, we got to keep it moving. We got a lot to talk about. So joining me today, Mr. Big Ken, sir, how are you?
1: I'm good, man. You know, part three, man. Let's get on
0: it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Also, Mr. Day dropping, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. Looking forward to this one. I think it should be a lot of fun. All right, and last but certainly not least, Big Sexy and Saxer, sir. How are you?
2: Man, overwhelmed with music this week. It was a good week for music. It really was.
0: All right. Well, let's just keep it going. Uh, before we get started again, please check out uh, our review of Vault One and Vault Two. And uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe, like, and all that good stuff. With that said, let's just get right into it. The first track on this particular set here is Emotional Pump. And uh, we're going to go to Big Ken first, get started.
1: Yeah, this is a nice track. I mean, this kind of surfaced in the underground with about a year and a half ago, a year ago, something like that. And I liked it from the start then. Real nice, energetic Funky start to the Vault 3 uh, section of the set. To me, it showcases Prince's superb bass thumping skills. And I mean, mm-hmm. and I, that's one of the main reasons mm-hmm. that I really dig the vibe of this song because I find it interesting because I didn't really hear much lead guitar at all. It, the song is really anchored by multiple bass parts the, the multi layered bass, the drums, the percussion, and of course, complemented by the flourishes that Eric and Atlanta throw in. So that's real dope. I gotta be honest though, I'm not exactly sure why he thought that this would fit Joni Mitchell's style. I mean, being a, a Joni Mitchell it's fan funny. myself, I really couldn't see her singing this at all. And I really couldn't see this fitting the vibe of any of her albums. But even with that, man, it's still really, really funky and I, I dig it. Nice start to the to this section.
3: All right, day dropping. Yeah, yeah, again, you know, like everybody else here, I'm sure I heard this one a while back. Great to have it in good quality because uh, it's much cleaner now. It's, um, you know, this, this is just a fun little song, you know, it's, it's it's nothing too crazy. It's a good listen. Um, That nice little scent hook. I love that. It kind of sticks in your head. Again, it's nothing mind blowing, but it's a fun inclusion. it says it's, it's very catchy, you know, lyrically. it I mean, this is... Just a whatever Prince song, you know. It's just a crazy Prince song. I like it. Uh, score on this one, and it's nothing wild. You know, it's a seven out of ten. It's pretty. It's it's a it's a safe listen. It's fun though.
0: All right, big sexy.
2: You know, I got to co-sign with Ken because as I was tinkering around around the house yesterday, I'm listening to this, and that bass just stands out. And it took me back to like 1980 or so. When Larry Graham had done One in a Million You, he did a little promo video <clears throat> about his thumping and plucking bass style, which I found so interesting because I, I never heard him break it down before. And listening to that took me to that Larry video and you can just hear it throughout the song. Because a lot of people think they can do it and a lot of people are wrong. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, on... A short glance, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, no, you can't. And he uses it as a you know lead instrument. It's it's great. The the lyrics, yeah. But the musically, I, I dig this one. It's like uh Ernie says nice little happy song. I, I like it. All right. Um
0: this song, I, I love it. It reminds me of uh, like Feel You Up. Kind of has some of the same little bass thing at the end the way he's playing it and it reminds me of uh it could sit next to for me i would listen to this with uh what's this one? sexual suicide mm. they all kind of in that that nice little funk i, I almost I almost said light funk but it's not light but for i don't know for something only negative thing if i if i had to send this in, negative of nitpick i wish it was a little more deeper uh in terms of the base or the bottom Yeah, you know what I mean. But other than that, uh, this would be like something if I would have walked into uh, Paisley Park back in this time or something, and I just was bewildered by everything. It's like, whoa, this is this is where it it goes down. And I heard some music in the background. It would be this, and I would be like, of course, (laughs) that's Prince. It sounds that's exactly what I would think. You know, it would sound like it. It was like, okay, yeah, he ain't here working. So I, I dig this song, man. Um, I could see why this song wasn't released. Uh, but I love that it's included here. Like I, I, I dig this. All right. Um, next up. Man, this one's been around for a minute. Uh, Rebirth of the Flesh. And I'll go to Big Sexy.
2: You know, like you said, this has been around for a while. And the guitar takes me back to like a sly stone vibe to it and the horns change it up and so the the uh background lyrics but it's it's kind of chaotic at first glance but he's definitely got a cohesive point here you know and i think then it's like a the outro i believe and i don't know what the intro could have been but i like this you know it's like um I wouldn't call it like a B-side type deal, but it's definitely like a little B-side little, little surprise nugget you find somewhere and here it is.
0: All right. Birth of the Flesh. Let me just throw mine in real quick. I've always <clears> loved <throat> this song. To me, this song in my mind was always like, it would have been some aborted or a secret album or something. And like, it would have started with this. Like to me, I just feel like this song was such an introduction of like, I'm coming with some different shit, cause it. Even when I first heard this, you know, when it was on a bootleg. I always felt like, "Damn, this sounds like some weird." Like he's just coming raw into your face, uh, type of. It, you know, it sits in the same vein to me as like um, we talked about the song last show, uh, "The Ball," and maybe it's sort of the Camille voice, but it just seemed like it's like a starter song. Like this is the new style, and you know, uh, I just. I always thought this song was just aggressive, like, and even here they add some shit where you know, this is not cars, motherfucker. And then he's like, "You could be my wife, motherfucker." I was like, "What? Okay." <laughs> Leo leaning into it. I was like, oh, "This is this is this is great stuff." I just I always wish this song had came out officially. Like I could have just seen it. I wanted to see it live. Like, and I love that there was. Uh, well, actually, Prince put out the uh, rehearsal. Version of this song years ago. I remember that. But I always endure, I always adored this song, love it. Um, They do something here different where they supposedly is some sort of the original outro or or song. I'm curious what was going on with the edit of this uh, because it seemed like the song sort of fades out and then it comes back in. But to me, what it comes back into sounds as if it's mixed uh, slightly different than what we were just listening to. I wish they would offer more information on what that's all about. But uh yeah, this this jams, man. Um, you know, this is one of those songs where I, again I just I, I go in and do my own slightly little mix where I give a little more um uh, bottom to it. shit just slamming, so uh love it. Big Ken
1: yeah, I gotta agree with you guys, I man. This has been a long time favorite uh, of mine. Uh, it's uh, it's to me one of the tightest, one of his nastiest grooves, man. and and I'm glad that you know, is we got it in this pristine condition. And I' just like you guys, man. from the very start, you know, that that solo process, percussion starts, and then he drops in that really gritty guitar line. That's in your face, like Big Sexy said. And then that the synth that comes in, the synth pad that's laid underneath it is almost eerie sounding. And the tone is set immediately, man, like that, you know, what's about to come is not what you may have been used to. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it almost feels like this is just Prince in just like mad scientist mode, man. He just crazy experimenting, throwing stuff together, you know, just just because, man, you know, and it to me, it works. And I loved Eric and Atlanta's uh, contributions to this, and the lyrics. I love the Camille style vocals. Okay, but but I've always because now, if not not mistaken, this track this was post Revolution, mainly him by himself. So I kind of get some low key shade from the lyrics, man. Mm. Like you said, you know you could be my wife, but all you do is steal. Okay, is that I'm going to assume that's a veiled dig. That's Susanna, <laughs> right? Maybe, and then you know the 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 line you know the line that always got me when he say three two funk ain't in our way. I always say three two three two is five. There are five members of the revolution other than him. So is he talking about mm. you know three two funk ain't in our way, meaning like I'm beyond beyond you guys. This is, you know this is the rebirth of of my shit. Ooh, that's that's okay. kind of how wow. that's okay. That's kind of how I've always <laughs> took it, but I you know I, I don't know for sure. But I just know that this song is kicking, man. And then right around the four minute mark until the end, that guitar goes crazy, blended with the complicated horn lines, the rising, ch- the synth, the chat, the chants in the background, the hand claps, all that. And like Big Sexy said, he said chaos. I had in my notes, I called it the controlled chaos. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. It's thrown together. It's almost like a, a gumbo, man. Just and it, and it works, man. It's a gem of a track to me. I've always loved it. And, as far as that outro goes, Mike, I kind of agree with you, but I kind of think, maybe it might be that that's that part that's slight that that's spliced in at the end. maybe it just sounds that way because that might be the only quality they had quality that they had of that snippet. Mm-hmm. but you're right it because it, it probably was recorded at a different time than the original recording, possibly, but yeah, it does sound a little off, but even still, man this is this is an excellent song, man. I love it.
0: Yes, yes, man. I never thought about the lyrics like <laughs> that, and it really got me. <laughs> that 3-2 that
1: funk line has always intrigued me, and I'm like, man, what does he mean, 3-2 funk? You know, hmm. and that's the only thing I could think of. I could be wrong, but that's just a guess.
0: Interesting, interesting. Uh, day Dropping. Wow, I'd I follow that one. Well, I'll try,
3: I guess, you know, so... With the original outro and all, yeah, it does sound kind of Frankensteinish the way they put it together, but it works for me. I like it. You know, this is longer, more lyrics. You guys already touched on that as well. I obviously ain't heard this version before, but it's it's always fun to hear something new. For me, you know, it's a funky jam and it's it's most definitely that bootleg staple that that is no more a bootleg staples now that it's out. And uh, I like that it has a proper ending note on it. Um, you know, for me, this is a song that, that could have easily worked maybe on the Black Album somewhere. It has that type of vibe to it with the horns and everything going on. And uh, I've always liked it. I, this is like like some other uh, bootlegs for me were before I couldn't appreciate it as much because it wasn't as good sounding as it is now. So um, I, I never thought that highly of this one. But now, having heard it, having gone running to it, and, and you know, just... Having playing my headphones when when I'm doing yard work or whatever, it it works and it works and it's a funky track and it and it it really kicks. So I give this one a score of nine out of
0: ten. It's nice. I dig it. All right, all right. Moving right along to the next song, and that is Cosmic Day. And uh, I'm gonna go to go back to Day dropping on this one. I want to hear what he thinks about this song. Okay, yeah, I love this song.
3: Um I know it's preceded with a whole lot of mythos uh but when I finally heard the whole thing to me it was seen as a holy grail and it's a polarizing song at that I've heard a lot of people talking about it like on the org and different places some people really like it some people just, can you speak like on,
0: can you also speak a little bit of you said it was in the mythos it just give oh, us a little idea yeah. what you mean by that
3: Okay so you know uh back when I was in my college days, right, in my college days and stuff, I, I didn't have a computer at home where I did, but it, no real internet. It was all dial-up. So the best I could do was go to the library and, and the local, local college here to be able to get on stuff, and that's where I was first introduced to the org. So being on the org, you know, I, I was snooping around, and I was fascinated by the information there, and I was especially fascinated by the fact that there were uh, – outtakes and there was a lot of bootlegs and I didn't know about that then. So that was my introduction to all that kind of stuff just by hearing about it on the org. And someone by the name of T on the org had mentioned, uh, this, this, uh, song and, and it was just kind of just talked about. You had this song called cosmic day. And for a while there, all you heard was just the title and what it, you know, that it was a song that that Prince did. And, and it was one of those, wow, I wonder how that sounds like songs. And over time, when I would dig around, I would hear people talk about how it sounded. So I'm like, oh, these are people in the know. And that's where folks like T would talk about it. And, and he would, you know, just give little drops of how it would sound and um, that it was a rocker and it was uh, it sounded out there, uh, uh, something different than what you've heard before. And that was all I needed to hear to know that I that I liked the song. For me, I've always liked the song. And this is the only print song that I can say that I've always liked. And it's, what I mean by that is when I first heard the title, I liked it. I had to hear the song. I liked the song. A song called Cosmic Day. What the heck is How is that going to sound? And when I heard snippets, not snippets, but when I heard descriptions on it, I liked it even more had not heard one note of the song when I finally heard a little bit of a snippet of it a few years ago, and we're talking like 20 years later from when we finally heard it, it's building up all of this mythology about whether it's a good song. I think even more mythology than, than a song like Moonbeam levels. It, it was, it, this was built up so high and I think that may have worked against it. But when I finally heard it, this little two minute snippet that came out a few years ago, I was hooked on it. And when I finally got to hear this whole thing, I will sit down it even more. It's again, the only song that I've ever liked from the inception of having heard the title to actually hearing the entire thing over the course of well, almost 30 years, I guess, real close to it. This is a, this is a song that's been in the making for me to hear in nearly 30 years. And, um, uh, now, I, now that I've heard it, I, I, I love it. I like the high vocals. I, I like that. It doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, I like the slow, dreamy part towards the end and the whimsical lyrics. I know Ken's going to dig it because of the lyrics. The way he, the way he dug boom, he's got to dig Cosmic Day. And yes, this, sir. Yeah, it's so cool. Even if it sounds like a 90s Saturday morning cartoon intro, <laughs> I don't care. This is most definitely a 10 out of 10, and it will always be a 10 out of 10.
0: Wow. Okay, okay. Let's just go right to Big Ken.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. This is a very, very, very interesting and unique song that I love. And and like Ernie, you know, I I heard snippets, small snippets, you know, from time to time before, you know, (laughs) and they weren't in the best quality. Right. So I didn't really think much of it do at the time, you know, because there was just a very small bit that I'd heard. But hearing this now in full in this quality, I can really feel the full scope and the brilliance of the song like rebirth of the flesh he's just him again in ultra experimental mode you know and and I'm all for it I love it when he goes out like this right and 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 does stuff that is against the grain and my interest is peaked right from the very start of the song cuz you get that whole you know that the kick drum that tick-tock clock vibe you know
0: tch, tch,
1: tch, 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 you know follow right by this percussion counter rhythm for another two bars and then that raucous guitar line comes in with the heavy snare thrown all right in your grill is beautiful. And then Prince is in full psychedelic mode with the surreal lyrics delivered in the super sped up Camille voice. I mean, this is even pitched up a little bit higher than I think his normal Camille vocals are. And, and those are pitched up uh, and it's just much a little bit higher for maximum effect. And like he says, he said, like, this is a cosmic dream. That's how it starts. And to me, it sounds like it. I love the chord changes in the bridge around one minute 45. That's very, very nice. Things start to get even more interesting when he starts, you know, that cosmic cosmic day, you know, the background vocals around Mm -hmm. two and a half minutes right before that first guitar solo. And then it really takes off around 440 when the key change starts and he gets into that hard groove. Complete with another blistering solo, and the bass line is getting funky right, right along with it. is fabulous, man. Absolutely fabulous. And to me, man, it's just another like a shining example, man, of how Prince to me just had unending creativity, man. He and he had just such a vast range that he's able to achieve with ease, man. Almost at any given time, man. <laughs> and it's just another highlight in this set for me. And I'll just lastly say, you know, Prince Vault, supposedly Claire Fisher recorded some orchestrations for this that never got used. I could only imagine how this would this would have sounded with Claire's orchestrations behind it. I mean, it would have been mind blowing. I mean, but I love this song. So I agree with Ernie wholeheartedly.
2: All right. Uh, Big Sexy. Go ahead. You know, when I hear it, when I heard it initially with the sped up voice, I'm thinking, okay, he could have given this to the Bengals. Then listen to it in subsequent, you know, listenings. And this is not a burn on, I believe her name is uh Debbie Peterson, the lead guitarist for the Bengals. Mm. I don't know if she could pull this off. You know, I, I never heard a rip like this, so I don't know. But I like this, I love the guitar, and I think I'm hearing a double kick drum underneath there somewhere. And all the instruments, it's all Prince doing his thing, and I like it. It did have it did have a little bit of a um, American bandstand feel to me because of the high <laughs> voice. You know, I, I could just see that back in the eighties with the uh, the scarves around the neck and the, and the loud alligator shirts. But when you get beyond that, the guitar is burning, and the double kick is burning too. Now this is a good song. I like it. Let me just stop you for a second.
0: What you said, American Bandstand, man, I ain't heard that in <laughs> so long. I know some. I, I'm just saying for my younger listeners, go, 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 go. Do your googles on American Bandstand. That and was a very, research, yeah. very important yeah. show back in the day. It was. <laughs> anyway, um, I love. See, we got to hear, as Ernie said, the mythos, and you got to hear. uh a story about a Prince song that I don't know if this, this I think this part of the fan fandom might be coming to an end because now we're starting to get a lot of these songs re- officially released. But I just love the way you describe you know, you just saw the title of this song and then had this idea in your mind. You know what I mean? It's just the anticipation of it. And then the fact mm-hmm. that we've never really got to hear it and then you hear snippets of it. It's all. it becomes this like forbidden fruit type of thing. And then when you finally get it, it's like, ah, you know, either lives up to your expectations or it doesn't, right? Because mm-hmm. you were saying people just kind of go either way with this. And I'm, I'm going to be the other side of this. Um, I definitely saw the same things you did. I know, you know, there's other song that I think Wally sort of had this same sort, and we'll talk about that later you heard about these songs, you heard snippets, and she's like, oh you kind of in your mind think, because it was held back and there's that allure to it, you know, and and we love Prince. So it's like, oh, this is this is gonna be something special. You know, like, God, ah, yeah. I can't wait to hear, you know, it was that sort of that one upmanship. Oh, did you get it? Oh, oh, I got I heard it. I didn't hear You got it. And so I remember when this the snippet of this came out, and I was like, okay. I was like, it's not a bad song or anything. I'm not saying it's bad, but it made me think like there's different tastes in Prince Music. Because I'm like, if you just go by the 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 conversation of it, this is supposed to be the best song coming out of the vault, you know, in a long time. And then when I, so when I heard it, maybe I just had my expectations were somewhere else. And I was like, eh, this is cool. It's too short for me to have any judgment on it. You know, not gonna even pay no attention to it, you know, whatever. And then when it finally comes out, I was just, again, I was like, I tried to forget the allure about it. And so let me just listen to the song for what it is. And for me personally, this is not a bad song at all. This is a good song. I actually don't hear anything for me special about it. Like this sounds like some normal Prince type stuff to me. Um, but I, I'm i I'm saying that to say is it's just interesting how we can have very, very different. We hear very different things in some of Prince's stuff, uh, which I actually would argue. I don't know if we do that with this may be controversial. I don't know if you go back to earlier Prince songs and you can have such a one way or the other stance on <laughs> music. It's just like it's the shit, uh to me I start to me when it gets to this period is when you can kind of start to have some there's people who really dig certain things sometimes and certain people who don't like certain things, and this is one of those okay. songs where I just feel like, yeah, this is cool, uh if I take away the the story of the song to me, it just sounds just like. So this is okay, it's a Prince Rock song. Like he's done this before. But I but I do understand and, and and I also get why listening to it, it can be like, man, this is some out out there type stuff. Because you, you take cosmic day, what that says in a lot of people's mind, it'll make you think of some like, yeah, this is out there, you know, this is way out. Where well, I think if it was just called Rock Track Two or
2: something, I don't know if people would have. I don't know if they would have looked at it and it just like, oh, okay, yes.
0: But mm. but that the importance of titling and everything adds to it. So uh, that that's just my take on the song. But I love the uh, the parts like Ken were breaking down when he gets into the solos and stuff. Yeah, shit tight, man. It just sounds like that classic Prince sound to me. Like I can I hear it in the instrumentation. Even if it's playing a different genre of music, to me, that's just like unmistakably Prince. Like, ah, oh, all the sounds, sounds of that time, the way he's playing the, the stuff, uh, I, I love it. So, uh, it's a great song. Con- Mike, I don't understand. How had you not like... I, you just heard I say, great song. <laughs> 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 so <Yeah. think> about- <laughs> you didn't say it with enthusiasm. Stop it. All right. (laughs) Cosmic Day. There we go. Cosmic Day. Uh, Next up, Walking in Glory. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well. Yeah, we're going to go to Big Ken.
1: Well, all right, guys. So up to this point, you know, in this set, to me, you know, the listener is getting hit with body blow after body blow. Right. And then this song comes on. And to me, man, it's like a straight left hook right to your jaw. I mean this has to be one of the greasiest, tightest, most funky, gospel <laughs> songs I have ever heard ever. I mean it's a masterpiece on every in every sense of the word. So like as far as I know this was recorded like the same day that he did Bob George, so maybe this was his you know make up for all the foul stuff in Bob George, but whether that's the case or not, I mean he put his stamp on this one for real, man. And I remember, man, look, when I first got the set, okay, I got the headphones on, you know, as we discussed in the previous two shows, you know, there's been plenty of bombshells, you know, moments up to this point. So I'm sitting there grooving to it, my headphones, about 30 seconds into it, man, I realized that I'm hearing the two niggas united for West Compton, and I swear, it suddenly felt like. I was eight years old at Christmas time and I opened up the box and saw the brand new Atari 2600. I know I'm dating myself, but that's how <laughs> happy I was, man. Like, you should have seen the grin on my face. I was, I was, my wife was looking at me like I was crazy because I was in the chair, like bouncing around. She must have thought I was having a, a fit or something. I was like ecstatic. <laughs> like, seriously, like I was, it was like, it was, was jaw dropping. I was like, wow, like this is the basis for that song. I mean, and I had the volume way up. I didn't care, man. It was just, it was just crazy. And I played this sucker about five or six times straight, just to absorb it all. I mean, it's nasty, man. Like the, the drums in the pocket, that walking bass line, his vocals, lead and background are perfect for this. He's even got the offbeat, you know, church hand claps going through it at particular times, you know, that you know give you that church vibe. And during the last couple of minutes, I, I love it when on songs, you know, he's done it on num- numerous songs and in time does it as well. You know, they get to them grooving parts, man. And, and they hold that, that one keyboard note extended long time, you know, like he does the same thing here, you know, at the end of this song, he's got that, uh, that organ um, note, just being held down for a long time while he's killing the guitar solo. The song is just full tilt at that point, man. It's just overwhelming that actually, I'm listening to it, I'm I'm half expecting for that funky-ass bass solo that he has in Two digs two <laughs> yeah, to come in, right? Me I'm too. listening to it, I'm yeah. waiting, I was like, where's the bass? I'm waiting for that to come in, <laughs> but it doesn't come in, but it doesn't matter, man. It's just pure fire from start to finish, man. And, and I just got to be honest with y'all, man, you know, this track, and, and along with another one we'll talk about in a minute, man, just hitting me straight in the feels. Maybe it was because of the the combination of the subject matter, the song, and the sheer joy of of having this masterpiece, but whatever it was, man, it just, I don't know, the, the song hit me in such a way, it had me feeling some kind of way for a minute. So this is a no doubt highlight in the set for me, man. Just, you know, a hundred out of a hundred, man. I mean, it's just awesome.
2: All right. Big Sexy. You know, again, this is definitely put on your Sunday best and ladies get them big church hats. Let's go. But like Ken just mentioned, Underneath it, like in the second half of the song, really, there is this blistering guitar solo. You know, but you take, I mean, again, not saying you can't have that in church, but this is definitely full on gospel. I'm expecting Bishop T.D. Jakes to just walk in any minute now. You know, <laughs> he is going to work here. You know, I, I, can, I can just see people falling out, you know, with the tambourines and the, and the little handheld fans. Like, oh, well, take me to the next level. You know, and um I'm, I'm not gonna get into issues of theologic theology, excuse me, and music, but I could easily see someone in that musical realm covering this easily and doing something with it. Cause it it it's really that genuine and it's that good. All right, Mr. Day dropping. Okay.
3: So I've I made it no uh uh, nothing hidden that I don't care much for, for princess types of, uh, um, uh, the, the gospel sounding songs. And I don't, I, they've never been that, that high on my list to the point where I like Purple Rain, but to me, it always sounds kind of churchy as well. And, and that a little distracting for me on it, although I love the song. Right. So I've, and on the panel here, I've always made that point. However, walking in glory. Wow. I mean, who knew Two Nigs United for West Compton had lyrics? I know I didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. And I know, I know, Michael, you're digging this one. You know, I know it because it, it, this is definitely that Sunday church song for sure. But you know what? It works. It works 100%. And I'm 100% cool and behind it. You know, and, and, and you know why? Because I know that Prince is feeling this track like no other. He is so in. Im- depth in this song here i mean he, you you can you can picture his facial expressions as he's as he's recording this you you know and and just when you think you're it might be done around the three minute mark it, then it goes full guitar mode like like big sexy said this should have been released on something but but i what i, I sign of the times i don't not love Sexy's black album i don't know should have been released somewhere i'll tell you what though man this is this is a song that's going to make you look like a fool in your car is what it's going to do. You're going to look foolish in your car because you're going to be singing to it. You're going to be dancing to it. And people next to you on the stop, at the stoplight are going to be staring at you really good. It's oh man. This is a 10 out of 10. You can't, you can't go wrong with a song like this. And if, if this doesn't get your blood going, don't get your, at least your, your big toe stomping. I, I don't know what will. You're dead. You got no pulse. You're dead if it, if it don't do that. So you know if you're hearing it and you ain't moving, you better go to the hospital because something's wrong. So that's my take on it. Ten out of ten.
0: Wow, wow. I would. I look at it this way. It if this song had came out back then, it would have probably blew me, blew my mind. Like because I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think to associate Prince with sort of more of an overtly gospel type of music like this, but in his style. Because he
3: never released anything like that's that. That's
0: what I'm saying. So it would have blew me away. I would have been like, whoa. Huh? And, <laughs> and you ask a good question. You're like, where would you have put in this? I, I would actually, you know what? I would argue this would have been a great track to have been the last song on the Black album. Okay. Like if everything the Black album was talking all that crazy and all that stuff, and then it actually ended with this as almost like
1: including a bass
0: solo. Including a bass solo. If it had <laughs> yes. if it had ended this way and then it sort of been a signal post to where he was about to go next with Love Sexy, that would have been like, wow, like he's coming out of this darkness, you he's know, walking into glory, and then the next thing he drops is Love Sexy, I know, the rebirth. You know what I mean? Like I could have seen I could see a whole little. Forward. Yeah,
3: that works 100% because you and, and include uh, the separate track, Two Nigs United for West Compton, to show that, it, that there's an evolution there and the mind, mm. mind frame has changed at the very end. And now you took something called Two Nigs United for West Compton and you made – Flipped it. Yeah. Flipped it in this Yeah, oh, that works. That works. Crazy.
0: But, yeah, I think this is – I'm glad they put this on here. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is one of those, like, yep. okay, wow – this is a find. <laughs> this is excellent. So, yeah, I'm with I agree with everything you guys said. I, I love this track.
1: You remember when I said in a couple of previous shows, there's been a few songs where that, that the inclusion of that song makes the, 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 the price of the set worth it. This is one of those. Yes. This is one of this is one of those where, you know, this is a, a, a high point, like a real high point in this entire set.
3: I agree. I agree. And if you don't dig these type of songs from Prince. Do not be swayed by the title. Do not be swayed by the title because it's (laughs) not, it is what you think, and
0: it is good. So there you go. All right. Next up is Wally. (laughs) Another one of these mythical (coughs) Prince tracks. Uh, And now we got it here in full, in its full glory. I'm sure there's some controversy of that. Uh, So I want to go to Big Ken first, and we should take on Wally.
1: Well, again, from again, I'm just speaking for me personally. Like, okay, so walking in glory, you know, if that didn't knock knock me out, then to me <laughs> you get an emotional uppercut to your chin for the TKO with this song. Okay, it, to me, I find it it's a very beautiful but a very powerful song where you really get the sense of Prince's Prince at his most vulnerable because I think this this was post breakup with Susanna, and we all know the legend. Of the song, right? You know how he poured everything about that breakup into the original recording of Wally, but he just let it all flow on tape. And but he deemed it too personal and told Susan to erase it, right? And then he, you know, we did this afterward. So even if this is the second version of the song, I mean, to me, you can still get the sense of the pain that he was probably feeling during that time. I mean, it's palpable. You can you can hear it. I mean let's let's face it, fellas. Look, we all been in breakups with somebody serious at some point in time you know, where you end up back in the club or wherever, you know, thinking foolishly thinking that you can immediately fill that void by trying to meet somebody new. And so to me, he very skillfully captures that sadness and in, in, in that sad scenario, but he uses Wally's glasses as the lens to focus it. No pun intended, right? He's on a mission, right? He said, you know, yo, Wally, you know, where you get them glasses? Let me try them on. I'm going to a party tonight because I could be so clean, you know, asking if he's got a, if, it's, if the dame he's going with, has got a sister, right? You know, my favorite delivery, you know, check it out, Wally. You know, <laughs> you know I'm on, I'm on, the, proud I'm on the prowl tonight. Right? That was real chipper <laughs> but, but, there. Right, right. But dig it, but dig it, dig, dig it. The tone in that line, you know, check it out, Wally. I'm on the prowl tonight. The tone in that line betrays yeah. him. It's yeah, showing bug. false confidence. Almost sound like he's trying to convince himself that he's good. And again, we've all been there, fellas. Come on mm-hmm. now, if you, if you search deep, we've all been there. I where, no, just yeah, just you have, <laughs> yeah, you, you have. Okay, we've all been there where you think. I mean, I don't need that I don't need that girl. I Man, forget that girl. You know, I, you know, I'm over here. But but you're not really right, right? So it it, it it's just. And you can really tell that, man, when he comes back and he says, you know, you know, what am I going to do? You know, she was the only world, only one in the world that I could talk to. And the the music literally grinds to a stop and then slowly comes back in. And it's just a sentiment to me. It just it really speaks to that sentiment that anybody who's been in a bitter breakup can relate to. It's, It's very deep, laid bare for you to hear. Then he comes back with this blistering guitar solo, very emotional one with excellent support from Eric in Atlanta. And it's just a very beautiful, melancholy song, but to, that to me is, is pure blues, but not blues in the sense of the style and the structure of blues music, but in the sincerity and the intent of the meshes, like what, you know, like you really feel he's down in the dumps. It kind of reminded me, even though it's not exactly the same, but, you know, the image of the, the, the old Cosby show one, you know, where the Theo got hemmed up and Justine caught him. <laughs> and, Bill, and you know, you know, Bill, Bill had to teach him. You know, you got to go into the blues begging level, Justine, oh, Justine, yeah. right? That's where he's at with this. And so it's just an emotional gut Man. punch, another highlight to the set. And I'm ecstatic to have it. Even, you know, even if this is not the original, um, but and again, this is the the second song. And this set, man, again, that kind of got me emotional because I'm hearing it <clears throat> and I'm feeling to myself, it's just like, wow, man, this cat's no longer with us, man. You know, and that sucks. But the music, you know, is eternal. Right. And it just again, the the, the amount that th- it just showcases how wide a net prince can cast, man, on just about damn near any genre, man. And it's just beautiful. So I love it.
2: Right. Big sexy. You know, I've heard a lot of people speculate about Wally, you know, and the way Ken just broke that down, capturing the emotional resonance of that phrase, you know, check it out, Wally, you know, because you can, you know, he he nailed it because you can hear the false bravado. You can hear it. Now, I do obviously do not know what happened between Prince and Susanna, but it, it, it hurt him. And. The Wally version that we're never going to hear must be something, man, because you can hear and feel the the pain. Assuming that's what this pain is coming from, I, I don't see why it wouldn't. You know, from that relationship. So whatever happened with those two really, at least for that time, shook him up. And the best music or the best art. Is when you pour in your your emotional feelings to it, and he did that here. You could hear it in the guitar, you could hear it everywhere. And honestly, when I first heard it, I was thinking, "Oh man, this is some factory second man. This ain't the real Wally. It's bullshit." But no, he definitely <laughs> captured it. You know. Now again, I miss. I guess the, the first one must be just insane, and it could be one of those things where, and I'll I will own a shortcoming it could be one of those things where musically I couldn't wrap my head around it. Cause I've been trying to wrap my head around bitches brew for miles for years and I still can't do it. So it could be something like that. And if if it was great, you know, but again, just seeing that outside of him that he let us see, you know, post breakup, that's heavy, man. It's heavy. And it's a great song too to capture that. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Again, I, I wouldn't know, I'm curious what Susanna was going, feeling at that time, too, or if she's heard this, which I'm sure she has, and how that makes her feel is just, whew, you're putting your uh, your your heart out there on uh, on Front Street, man. You really are. I mean, can you even
1: imagine? Can you even imagine what was on that real version, the long, the real one? I mean, it probably was all kind of foul language, anything, just off the (laughs) cuff, right? Just let you know all the personal stuff out for real.
3: Probably even named Susanna by name on it, exactly. Yeah,
1: so yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, again, this is one of those songs you heard so much about, you know, in terms of like the hardcore org. Prince.org and different stuff. And, oh, is this coming out. And I remember when, I think it leaked, I don't know, a couple of years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, which I don't, was that, the, the version that leaked is not the same as this, is it? No. It's it's, re- oh, it is? Or,
3: it,
1: it
0: is? It is. is, it? is it? This one's just cleaner, though.
3: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: And, you know, I was a little underwhelmed at the time. And because of just the quality of it, I just was like, I don't even want to listen to this. You know? I'll wait if it ever you know comes out. But I w- I was like you know salute to Wally the real Wally. You know what I'm saying? Because that's you know I, I know that's a good look for you. Anybody you know trying to check your credentials? You know, like nigga, I got a song. Wait, what else? Got, what else I got to show you? You know, it'd have been one thing if he had a song called Neil. But, I mean, <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> oh, <man.
2: laughs>
0: but with that said, um. I I do love the music on here, man. It's, again, it's just that time period. It's just all the, the you know, Eric Leeds is coming through and the guitar. It all just has that sound and that tone of that particular time period, which I love. So I, I can't help but not love this song. Uh, and for everything Ken said, or just about the way he's singing it and stuff. I love this. Uh Prince does these types of songs. I think my favorite of these sort of breakup songs would be um I hate you, which I think mm-hmm. he masters it at that point, you know, uh, but he he's able to, he he knows how to capture that kind of you know, it's almost like, I hate this like bitch you ain't shit type uh things that he likes to do in his song. Like cuz his early songs, he was like going in uh what's it like something in the water and,
3: yeah, was like that.
0: Angry. but he was literally like bitch you know he was like going you know some of that <laughs> abusive kind of <laughs> dude but here is something a little more simpish which I, I can appreciate but he's talking to his mans that's what I'm trying to get to he's talking to his mans Wally and that's what I'm saying yeah. I think is we can't like understate what Wally and these cats meant to, meant to Prince during these times like you know what I mean like To the fact that, you know, he's, that was with his boys. And he's like, man, I'm Mm -hmm. going through something with these females, man. Man, what's up? Why, uh, what you think? You know what I mean? It's that, to me, it has that type of vibe. It's very much the same type of camaraderie in this song as you hear later in years, not from Prince, but in like rap songs and stuff where you're always talking to your boys. You know what I'm saying? That's what I get from, that's what I really love about the song. It's like, man, it really shows you, you know, the brotherhood. Of the you know those people that he had around him to the fact that he actually sang the song you know the same thing would be said you know I don't you know Billy's sunglasses you know what I'm saying he obviously these guys must have been close to him that he would you know put their names in songs and songs and that type of thing so I really appreciate the song for that as well um, big Kent. there I go ahead?
1: Yeah, I went first. I
0: mean not big kid, I'm sorry, big sexy. <laughs> I got caught
2: up. Uh I went already too. See, there you go.
0: Y'all already, see, I don't this is why y'all already know what I'm trying to do. Day dropping you supposed to come in and say Check hey, it you, out,
3: Mike.
1: See, there you
0: go. I didn't I I don't say you sound like that, but you know. <laughs>
3: Well, check it out, Mike. I'm on the prowl tonight. Woo! No. Um, you know what? You, you, you said something that's, that I think is very cool to point out, Mike, uh, that there's a million and one women's songs in the Prince catalog. There are. But there are not too many guy songs. Guy songs like this in his catalog. So it's, it's refreshing to hear that. And the guy's song in that, you know, guys don't, you know, we're not supposed to be the vulnerable ones and all, but, but, but we gotta be at some point and we gotta have that, that, that buddy of ours, who we're gonna, who who we're going to break down to, to some degree, because he's going to understand that. And he might play us because that's how that, that's how we get along. You know, he might he might joke around with us and, and hey, quit being a little bitch, that kind of thing, you know, whatever, you know, or he might be the real sympathetic cat. You never know. But that's that's the type of, you know, you, you have that person and that's how this song is. And there isn't too many of these types of songs. And, and I hadn't thought about that. And I think it's very beautiful to to, to have a song like that on here. Um, but uh, like Ken uh, thought that this was a newer version. I did, too. I did too. And and because there's little piano flourishes that are in it that, that you hadn't heard before that are there in the older, the, even the most recent boot version of the song. You can find it there if you listen to it as well as, well as Claire Fisher's um, orchestration. It's there, but it's so muddied in the quality of that boot that it's hard to hear. And unless you have a good frame of reference like this clean version here to listen to then you can hear it in the other version but they are there and it almost sounds like there's different like at first i thought man am i hearing now a full stereo version of this where i was hearing maybe a mono version that was put on both both sides that way but no it's all there and and it is the same song it's just much clearer with the exception of one little thing i'll get to um but yeah claire fisher shines here as does the piano me i kind of sense that this is like a drunk prince who's been drinking pre pre-gaming it by himself, you know, before he goes out. Cause he just might have might not. <laughs> you know, he just kinda kinda tipsy. And then that's why he kinda goes, you know, all all yeah, let's go out. My baby, you know, she ain't with me no more, you know, type <laughs> of thing, you know, and and it's sad. It's sad. It's melancholy. And I've always liked the, the the little bit of story of how he, I think he had was it he told Susanna about this, how how the the word melody and malady sounds so similar and how he used that in the lyrics on the o malada o how you how he fit the word malady and their sickness, the that that it was just just a horrid feeling that he was going through. And I've always thought that that was so beautiful. And to speak really quickly on another boot the original friends for sale was wild compared to the one that came out on the album old friends for sale. And it, it, like you guys had mentioned, I can only imagine how this original one would have been. It would have probably just been very heart wrenching to hear. And I'm sure it was for him. It was therapeutic for him to do that. He had to do it. And to hear the story, the way Susanna tells it, how he just kept layering, layering, uh, instrumentation over it and, and literally destroying the song through instrumentation and then ultimately saying just get rid of it he was kind of like you know destroying the past that that was there and and, and just moving forward and and you hear that in this one too uh this is one of the songs that that, that you know i do get emotional listening to it now because of his passing you know it reminds you of his passing it reminds me of, of you know the, those those dark feelings that you had everybody has had like ken said you know when you when you um break up with somebody or, or nobody's no longer there. And and that that yelling that he does towards the end, it, it's it's just it gets to me. It does. And I love that it makes me sad. And it sounds weird. I love that the song makes me sad. And um the only distracting thing and it does not change from the from the scoring. The only distracting on it is how it does fade out at the very, very end. The boot and I listen to it thinking maybe it's different. And I listened to the boot version of it, the most recent one that I had, and it does not fade out at the very end. It has the carrying notes and then it carries out and ends. It naturally fades out with the notes. This one is like a forced fade out. I'm wondering if that's like a technical issue that they ran into, that they weren't able to to get a good sounding quality version of it to, to include the fade out the way it is. It's there. You can hear all the tones, but they faded out at the very end. But that's just nitpicking it. Ultimately, this song is a forever ten out of ten because it's it's it because there will always be people, there'll always be guys who are heartbroken and have that 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 buddy who they can talk to. They will always exist. And so this song will always exist to tie into that.
0: It's a ten out of ten forever. Wow. Okay. Uh man, let's keep it moving. Uh I need a man. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> News coming. News coming. <laughs> this is this You're is, saying that to me. I ain't you. Uh,
2: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna start real quick. I, I would say, you know, that already was like, okay, I like it because <laughs> again, just all the signposts and musical cues from that time period. So I'm all listening and I got my attention. And it, it, here's a thing I would say about this: this song and a couple of these songs coming up next. I could actually hear, I wouldn't have been shocked if I heard these in um, later prints, like in the 2000s or like, um, what's the one album? The Vault. Mm-hmm. No, hmm Is it the Vault offering for sale album? With the songs uh-huh. they had, That Walk. and uh-huh. I could easily have heard them redoing renditions of this song and it, it all just reminds me of the same stuff. It's just quintessential. There's a certain sound Prince has when he does these types of songs. And and I love it. You know, I'm shocked to see or read, you know, reading at the vault, that this song actually dates back to 81, uh, you know, pre-Vanity 6 for the hookers. And then I would love to hear that version. Um, but specifically this version here, 87. Um, I think this is cool. It, it just sounds like... Um, it sounds like a rehearsal to me. Like I could see all the band just standing around and they're actually running through this and and, and recording it. I, I, in my mind, it sounds like a live type of thing. Uh, but I I love this. It just sounds like some offshoot song from 87, which it is. And I know there's a, another story about Bonnie Raitt and all that, but uh, I, I love this. I think it sounds great. Um, it just sounds like Prince... It's like one of them songs he could just write in his sleep, like, Yeah, you need a song for this chick, or right. I need a
2: man.
0: Where's my window? It kind of reminds me of that. You know, I can't stay in the rain. Yeah, kinda of, that's how I can I kinda of hear that in a little bit, but I love it. It just has that it's a soulful little vibe to it. Um, we'll go to Big Sexy.
2: You know, I gotta co-sign everything you said. I was reading an article about the body rate possibility, and she actually cut vocals for this. But he had to leave to go do a, the Sign of the Times tour overseas, and she was having beef with the Warners at the time. So unfortunately, they didn't get a chance to finish it, so it couldn't have been included on her comeback album of Nick of, Nick of Time. Having said that, she would have tore this up. She would have torn this up. You know, you get a—let a, me, let me tread very lightly here. If you get an older woman to sing this, like a body weight, like a mavis staples somewhere in that generation it carries a certain authenticity to it whereas if you get a young and sing in it it's just not gonna have that same urgency or same depth of uh character to it that it does come from an older woman <clears throat> which would have done wonders for that song here but you know unfortunately things go the way they go and hopefully someone is hearing it now, you know, a singer is saying, you know what, let me do something with that. And mm-hmm. she makes the call to the estate and gets, you know, the permission to go ahead and do something with it because this is too good to not have a woman sing it. Be, be very careful, Mark. What, what I do now?
0: Well, because if it's, if somebody is now, you know, yeah, I, you know, I hate to say, it it'd probably be like a Cardi. Oh, oh, hell somebody. no. No and, no, I don't, no, no, and I don't no, think no. it'd be saying, I need no. a man. It'd be, I okay. need some dick. And it just be, you know, know. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they'd, be on really some other, they'd be on that. some other stuff today. Now, again, it's, you know, I, I say all that to say, I could see, I usually have seen Vanity Six and them saying that too, because that was wild back then. But anyway.
2: See, I even starting
0: it now. Now that
2: you put but it I out there. I can't get that out of your head. <laughs> now it's out there.
0: What? Uh, <laughs> Day dropping. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, um, I, I like the song. It's cool. It's cool. It's a, you know, because I want to hear other songs on the track. I find myself sometimes listening to this for maybe about a minute and a half, two minutes, and I go on to the next track. And that doesn't mean that it's a skipper for me. It's a, it's a song that, I had, I go back to from time to time I had to listen to originally when I did this scoring on this one, I had it as a five out of 10. Cause I didn't, you know, it, it, it but I noted that it was something I was going to likely it, it's a grower type of track. And right now I feel it's more like a six out of 10. Um, I mean, it's cool, but it's not something that I'll be coming back to over and over again. I say that now and in late October, 2020, and you watch come the end of the year, next year, I'll, I'll be listening to the song over and over and over and over again. But it, it's a cool song. It's okay. It's just, it just doesn't really stand out for me, you know? So, you know, six out of ten.
2: Damn, six. Okay, okay. Damn, six is rough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up next, my man, Big, Big Ken. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, I I kinda agree with uh, Mike and uh and, and uh, Mark on this one. I, I dig this one. This is a pretty funky track. I, I really like that, that six notes that six notes, six note bass line, you know, that dun the dum 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 dum. You know, that's pretty tight. It's heavy. It's I mean it's not heavy with the thumping and the popping like he's done in other songs, but it's just it's funky the way he's got it anchored through the song and how it just skips along through the song, keeps the whole song in pocket. So I dig that a lot. Like the around at the two and a half minute mark. That's pretty good. Eric and Atlanta doing a thing. Eric and Atlanta, man, throughout this whole vault section, man, they have been, man, instrumental in, in, in a lot of this, man. They they add such such a texture to these songs, man. It's just ridiculous how important they were. Um and I really dig the breakdown at around four and a half minutes that take the song out, man. Cause, you know, and Prince must have liked it too, because he you can hear him say, skip the change, keep grooving. So he dug it. So yeah, I dig it a lot, man. Um, you know, it, it probably would have been really emotional. I mean, uh, really uh, interesting to hear, um, Bonnie Raitt's version of it as well. But yeah, I like I like this one. This is pretty cool. And to me, Mike, when you said you know you could hear it on other you know and some older stuff, I I kind of got the vibe, man. From whatever reason, this song, maybe it's the what's the word I'm looking for the 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 live sound to it. To me, immediately brought up stuff like you know, love to the nines, you know, sexy mm-hmm. MF, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could, I could see it fitting on the symbol album a little bit as well, you know, okay. with the way, the way it sounds. But yeah, I dig this one. It's pretty good.
0: All right. Uh, we'll just keep moving. Promise to be true. It's the next one. And this song to me is, is another one. I listened to this. And again, I could, I could hear this on a later Prince album. Like, you know, I don't know if it's like you said that live sound to it, but this sounds like, I think I mentioned it earlier, you know, about that walk, or it has just that same kind of vibe to it. I, and I love this song. God, I, I never heard this before, and it's just so catchy to me. I, you know, the hook is when Prince wants to write some hooks, he can write some hooks, and he was writing some hooks. Yeah, I don't know if he was intentionally trying to do, you know, like catchy pop music, which I don't. I'm, I'm not mad at. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I could, for some reason I could see. And I I don't know who this was originally for, but I could see Sheila Eid. I could have easily seen this been on one of her records back then. I could hear her voice on this, but I I love (laughs) this song. This is not like something he could have pulled. He could have took this out of the vault on some of his later stuff and say, we're doing this. Uh, We're going to play this song. Uh, So I love this. Uh, Day dropping.
3: Yeah. uh, You kind of. Took what I was going to say about this one too, because yeah, this reminds you of it. It's about that walk completely. Um, they work great back to back. You cue them up back to back, either one before the other, it doesn't matter. It's, they sound good. They compliment each other actually. Uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, I like the song. I mean, I don't have too much to really say about it. It's a fun little track and I like the ending. The ending's really nice on it. Um, I mean, Prince can do these songs in his sleep also. I mean, it's an 8 out of 10. It's a great song.
0: Yeah, 10. I respect that. Big Ken. <laughs> yeah, uh, I dig it. This is another
1: one. You know, I, I think actually the last one, this one and the next two were all like offered to Bonnie Raitt at some point. So I, I could just could see her digging this one or doing something with this. I heard the song, man. It immediately gave me, you know, I could never take the place of your man type vibes for some reason. Mm. Um, Prince's vocals here are, are pretty cool. I like the, you know, the the attitude that he delivers them with. Um, you know, and I like the that bluesy gospel tinge
2: ending. Um, yeah, it's a nice track, man. I dig it. Big sexy. It's about time we got home. Nah, baby, don't try to tag wagon routine on me. <laughs> 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 I could see this being part of like the live vamp of it's going to be a beautiful night. I can see the band taking this and just running with it. You know, you got the horn section, just blistering, you know, band is cooking on fire with this one. Now, granted he did offer it out to Bonnie Raitt and whatnot, but back in 87, when he redid it to this version, should have kept it. Should have kept it as a B side and break it out at the end of the sign of the times tour. And just kick things up to another level because this is funky. I love this one.
0: Yeah, now I'm trying to remember where I remember this from. This was like the Love Sexy shows, if I'm not mistaken. Were they? And I could be off. Maybe a sign. dun dun I think he did this. Was it? 80s melody. I don't know if I really remember what I'm talking about. Like in the, there would be sometimes when he would do an 80s melody during the love sexy. Uh, I'm stuff. trying to remember. And and one of them, it was a rehearsal. But when they do all the 80s songs, and I think it ends when he, they come out of it. it goes. <laughs> no, the, he was doing that uh, in the parade concerts. Okay. Well, I mean, I know he was doing it on the. It might have been a rehearsal. I'm listening. But then it goes right into, he um, goes, come on. I think they do a, um, God, what song are they doing? It's a uh, Rita Franklin song or something. Oh, okay. And then it goes into a very long, drawn out jam on that. But they're vamping this. Anyway, some of y'all don't know what I'm, talk- don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but I know I knew this music. Um, all right moving on from needing a man to promise to be true and we're going to go to big sexy and sex start us out
2: okay wait a minute wait a minute i thought we just did promise to be true we just did promise to be
0: true see this is what happens when you get old (laughs) and i'm looking at too many different things and i'm trying to, lord (laughs) Who wants to host this? Uh, Next up is, I'm sorry, Jealous
2: Girl. Excuse me. Jealous Girl. All right. I can see this being a Vanity Six song. Hmm. You know, because the song opens up. Yeah, see, looking at my man. I will cut your ass. Like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa. So style (laughs) it back. You know, but clearly this is something he was trying to put together for someone else. And that's great. And again, he could have kept it change a couple of the lyrics around to make it from a male perspective and kept it himself, you know, cause this is another burner. You know, I like it cause it's fun and he's, you can always see the humor and I see, I'm seeing the humor here and he should have kept it. He should, this one should have come out. Right, now, wouldn't it fit on sign of the times? I don't think so, but it should have come out somewhere along the line, but that's another story between him and Warner's having beef about his release schedule, and they didn't want him to flood the market. But this is a good song. All right, Big Ken.
1: Yeah, man, this is a cut for real. Um, I think this is another one that was originally intended for the hookers and then abandoned when Vanity Six kind of developed and all that. And I think he offered it to the Bonnie Raid and he offered it to the Bengals. But I, I kind of no way.
2: Bengals th- can handle us. No, this ain't them.
1: Yeah, I I, I <laughs> think Vanity could have done something with this, possibly. But yeah, I mean, the Bengals might have been able to do something with it. it. Wouldn't have been as funky as this. I mean, they they chose Manic Monday instead, and you know they had they hit pay dirt with that. But they well, could they have
2: right. <laughs>
1: they, they could have possibly had another hit with this one as well. Possibly, you know. I just think that only because it, it's got that classic up tempo '80s vibe that I, that I really dig. But that being said, this is this is a cut all the way through that driving beat, the hand claps, the chicken grease guitar, you know, all that hits you in the grill right from jump, man. And then during the second half of the song, you know, I'm listening to it, man. I I could picture him taking this song to new heights on a 12 inch, you know, and I really dig the abstract ending of it. So I I love it, man.
0: All right. Day
3: dropping. Yeah. uh, So Jealous Girl version two. I like this one. Pretty good. It's a good version here. It's a cool song Yeah, was, that was offered up to many different people. And, um, uh, you know, because of the the lyrics, and I don't know if you could claim it on his own, it seems like it was always written for a female to sing. Um, but it's a cool song nonetheless, you know, and it really picks up around that 242 mark and the instrumentation that, that is very similar to what we eventually would hear on the track, Love Sexy. Um, in fact, I think it is the same type of music that you hear on, on the song, Love Sexy. And, um, you know, I like it. It's danceable. It's, it's an eight out of 10. It's a great song. It's fun.
0: Yeah, I agree with It's a burner to me. Um, and the history of it, just the fact that it's it dates back to 81, I want to hear that original joint, like, because yeah. there wasn't no horns back then, so it would have been Sith lines. I'm very curious what was the vibe of this song just early on. Um, You know, this song also points to me, even in 86, even during or 87, whenever this is being worked on, even then Prince, and we've seen this earlier, pulling from earlier material and redoing it or adding things and and bringing that into where he was at currently. It just goes to show how early he was for himself. Like, you know, even that some would argue this is his like heyday or just super creative period it was but he was just as creative seven years earlier or whatever or whatever that he could pull songs that even he did early on like what third album time or dirty mind i guess or something and bring them to current so i just i just think it's just fascinating to me um I, I'll, I'll be hoping at some point they'll release the even the original version of this uh, and then we'll be able to really compare them and see how things change. So I love this track. All right. I'm back on track. Next up is there's something I like about being your fool. We're we'll going to day dropping.
3: Wow. This song here, this, this is the one, um, this is a beautiful track. And this does sound like something that that we heard like around the time as late as even Lotus Flower with the instrumentation. It kind of reminds something that it could fit real nicely right in there, I think. Um, but it's a beautiful track and this vocal delivery. Oh, my God, the way he sings this song. And that's that's some fire right there. Um, you know, just the way he's singing it, you know, what I mean, I think girls, he can make girls swim with this one. I'm telling you. Um, and I know this is going to be a personal favorite of mine eventually. Uh, I think it was a shame that this one wasn't released. This is one of those, what were you thinking songs? Why not bringing this one out? Uh, but where would it go? Where would it fit around that time when, when it was recorded? You know, it, take, it it was, he was ahead of his own time. How that be? Because he was doing songs like this later on. Um, and, and this song just wouldn't really a fit. I don't. I, at least I don't feel where it would have fit somewhere. I mean, maybe you guys could could say where you think it would go around this time frame. Time frame. Um, I don't. Maybe diamonds and pearls. I don't know. But originally I had this one as an eight out of ten. Is it's, it's going to be a nine out of ten now? And uh, I bet you by next week it'll be a ten. It's it's this song is just God. The way he sings it that. Uh, I'm not even going to try to do it, but you know, just the way he sings this song is just so beautiful. No, no, no,
2: no, no, you got to try and do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gonna,
3: I'm on the spot. <laughs> no, 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 we got to spare the ears of the listeners. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, it, it's beautiful, though, man. It, it's it, what can I say? It's be- beautifully sung. I'm about to try to to deter it. Try to bait you. (laughs) (laughs) So anyhow, yeah, it's a 9 out of 10. In fact, you know what? It's a 10 out of 10. I'm going to raise it up right now. I'm going to raise the ante on it. It's that good of a
2: song. All right, Big Sexy. You know, I like it. It's got that little, I don't want to call it a full-on Caribbean drum, but it's got like a little nod to it there, a little reggae, a little nod there too. And again, the guitar work guy's doing his thing and it sounds i don't want to say stripped down in the sense of dirty mind stripped down but it's like it's just relaxing you hear the muted trumpet from bliss and the guitars are just doing their thing and look and the little drum and that's pretty much it there is a basic line in there too but it's really minimalist that's the word it's very minimalist but it speaks volumes because it's something i could again, go on for a while. They probably had to edit it down to get to the finished version. But this is something I can listen to on repeat all day. I love this one. All right, Big Ken.
1: So I gotta be honest, man, I'm not a <clears throat> I'm not a hardcore reggae cat by any measure, oh, nor
2: right? I, nor am I.
1: You know, although there's some of it I dig, you know, Bob Marley and all that, but you know, it's never been my favorite genre, right? So I remember, you know, hearing Blue Light for the first time on the Symbol album and initially mm. feeling like, you know, why is Prince doing this? I mean, you're Prince, goddammit, you ain't got to do this, you know? And even the word, you know, pandering kind of came to mind for a second at that time. But then after I really sat down and gave it a couple of deep listens, I began to appreciate Prince's spin on it. And I grew to love the song, right? So this time around, I had a much less explosive reaction to this track. It didn't blindside me like Blue Light did. Um, But in the context of this set, it was kind of jarring for me for a second because I would have never expected to hear like a reggae joint on this set. But then again, you know, expecting unexpected. I mean, hell, that's what makes Prince Prince, right? So. That said, I I really like this song a lot, and I did from the very beginning. I mean, like Mark said, the, the reggae style bass and the 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 reggae style drum flourishes they're on point, and they're rock solid through the, the entire song. To me, that's a that, that's a testament, another testament to Prince's uh, innate ability. Man, he can morph and absorb damn near anything effortlessly. Man, we've seen him go from from jazz, and now we've seen him reggae. We, you know, there's a song on Emancipation where he's doing salsa. I mean, in all of it. You know it's it's flawless, man. The lyrics and his delivery, uh, like like Ernie alluded to, man, they're standard grade A prints, man. It's like to me, it's like a, a reggae inflected uh, extension of the theme of irresistible bitch, right? Even though his woman spends all his money, she wrecks his car, she playing on him. But when the chord changes come in and he says during the chorus, you know, you mess around all over town, but honey, we're still cool because there's something I like about being your fool. You believe it, like. Whatever she got is good, so he's gonna stick with it. Love that instrumental section that goes on from like two and a half m- minutes to the end, ex- including that expressive guitar solo, which to my ears kind of brings the vibe of the solo that's in Alexa de Paris to mind.
2: Yes. And as a matter yes. of
1: fact, you know, okay. all the guitar all the guitar flourishes throughout the that he's doing throughout this song. I'm talking about like during the verses, you can hear little stuff that he's doing on the lead guitar. I mean, it's beautiful, man. So all in all, this was a very nice very unexpected gem in this set
0: wow interesting um you know the thing is to listen to this and you know why wouldn't this have come out back then and i think the same reason why ken you said it, it it's kind of just you don't expect this Um, uh, even like when you say with blue light you know you you like why is he doing something like that And what I'm getting at is I think the reason why this probably wouldn't have came out back then is it to me shows that Prince has some connection to the regular world. (laughs) What I mean by that is back then, at least to me, I felt like his music was like none other, like there was no connection really to anybody else except to Prince. Like you just when you heard his stuff, you knew right away nobody else sounded like that. And you just knew his playing was like, oh, okay. And that's some Prince stuff. And it didn't sound like anything to me, this, which I think this is great. I agree with everything you said that his guitar stuffing is fantabulous. I just think that because it has a reggae vibe to it, it almost tethers it to like, oh, he is doing regular people's music. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not Prince like, It it ties him to, he kind of sounds like everybody else. And at least in my opinion, back then, he never, that was the joy about it. It it didn't sound like nobody else. Like it was no, like, even though he may have been interpolating other styles of music, he did it in a way that you didn't know that. Like he he would pull from something so early, unless you knew about that music historically, you couldn't have placed it like I can now, but he certainly wasn't, it didn't seem like he was pulling so much contemporary stuff into his mix. Like like it'd be the same way I'm saying like uh, when he started to incorporate rap into it, it, it made it like, ah, why is he doing like, er- this is what everybody's doing. Like he's not, he's supposed to not be doing what everybody's doing. He's not supposed to be tied to this earth. He's on some other shit. And I just think if you would have put this out, though, this is good. It would have, to me, in my opinion, it would have made it seem like, oh, he can play actually he can play all the types of music, but he can he. This sounds like something somebody else would do. Like I could hear, you know what I mean. If that makes any sense, so I can see why this would have not came out. in My opinion because it makes it sound like he's doing a regular type of music, which I think happens to his in his career later on, where he's so talented, and I don't know if this is a thing of maybe him holding himself back on his records to sh- just to to not do straight type of music. Like I'm only gonna do the music with my spin on it. But I think as he goes later, he, some of this stuff you're like, this is dope, but it just sounds like a super accomplished musician that can play anything, but where's the, you know, where's that seasoning that he only has that special taste that nobody else has. Now his stuff tastes like everybody's. It's just very well done. But it's like he's cooking everybody's stuff, so that's why I look at this song I'm like, "Yeah, this is dope." But I could see why it would have been held back just because it it opens the door to, "Oh, he sounds like you." You want to compare it to Bob Marley or something. You know what I mean? That's you know what I mean. So that's how I would I would take this. Um, did we get everybody with this one? Mm-hmm, think so. We did. All right. Yes. All right. Uh, next up is. Big tall wall version two. And I really love the other version that we had earlier. So this would be interesting to, to get a take. Uh big Ken, how does Big Tall Wall Version Two hold up for you?
1: It does hold up very well. I've I've loved this version for years, always been one of my favorite boots. Uh it's really not much, that much to say, man. It's just a masterpiece in minimalism and sparseness. It's, it's, but it's unique, uniquely prints. It's just Excellent layered vocals, harmonies and all that, and the the drums, man. The dual overlapping parts, especially at 3 minutes 51, I've always loved that, man. And one of the benefits of a set like this, man, to me, for an exceptionally prolific artist is Prince. It gives you kind of a, a peek inside the creative process, right? How he can swiftly go from one extreme to another. And like you just said, man, like version one is so different than version two. But they're both excellent, man. I love them both equally, man. So this is a this is a favorite of mine.
0: All right, day dropping.
3: So for me, this is more like it. I like this darker version. I like that it's cleaned up. Um, we've all heard these the bootlegs in, in varying degrees, and and they don't even come close to how clean this version is here. Uh, and this is another bootleg staple that's been finally released, and I'm glad that it is that that folks who don't go searching uh, the nefarious depths. Um, can now listen to it and, and enjoy it. Um, I believe that this musical tone fits lyrics very well. Um, and and I give this one an eight out of 10. And I would like to now take this time to go back and talk a little bit about Big Tall Wall version one. Now that I've healed from my wounds from, from, from giving the score on that one back then, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can, I can now say that, you know, I, uh, I, I learned from that one. And when I did say soul psychedelic side, I found that I did something I should have done with big tall. I did it on soul psychedelic side, Cause then I said then that that version is so different than anything else that we know. Soul psychedelic side to be that I had to distance myself from that and not trip on that. And, and I could give it a better score. I had to do that with big tall wall version one. I have to just, you know, say, okay, Take this individual song for what it is, and don't necessarily compare it to the other one, because, like Ken said, they are so extreme. So uh, this version here, version two, it's an eight out of ten. Version one, after having heard it for a few more weeks and then taking that kind of a thought to it, that's a nine out of ten from the from barely being a seven, like I said back then, and that was I said it was uh, that was being gracious and all giving it a seven. no. That's a nine out of 10. That, that shit is funky. If I don't compare it to this one here, which would be a, a, that'd be, that'd be messed up. That's like comparing children, you know, your children and stuff, you know, that's not cool. So I give a, the new revised score on that version. One is a nine out of 10, this one here, eight out of 10. So it actually trumps this one now, believe it or not. Okay. So
0: there you go. All right. Yeah. This it's
3: redeemed. redeemed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this version, you know, I've heard it and in, in not, you know, uh, less quality that we've heard. Of, you know, I've heard it over the years. I never really dug this uh, before, which is why when I heard the other version, I was shocked because I love that. Like that's a whole, it's just like a whole other thing to me. This one, it, you know, it's just that particular sound to it. The dum, dum, gah, ta, doom, ta, doom, da, doom, da, doom, 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 and it's you know similar to some other songs he did. I don't really care for that, in my opinion. It's sort of a dry drum beat. For some reason, in my mind, I can be wrong. It reminds me of some. It just makes me think of like it's trying to have some sort of rap hip hop aesthetic to it, but it doesn't have the essence of it, and it just sounds like a somebody's trying to do a big, ba- you know, a big drum beat, but it just doesn't have, there's no like, you know, there's no really percussion, nothing in it. And I just, I can't get into it. Um, there's some, there are other songs that Prince songs that kind of have this, but I don't know. It's just something about it. Just not, it's like it's missing something from him, like the soul of it or something. And I'm not saying this is bad, but it just doesn't really speak to me. And now hearing the other version, it really just doesn't, it just seems like it's missing It's just like I'm missing something. It's just too sparse uh, for me personally. Um, But hearing it now, crystal clear like this, I I find it very interesting. This would be a song for me in my mind visually. I'm going to be Billy. You know, know, (laughs) kid is in rare form and I'm sitting in the club and he's boom, boom, ah, ah, boom, 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 boom. Just like, "Mm." (laughs) <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> like was right, Doing his thing. You know, he'd be in his thing, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big tall wall. You know, I, it, it almost sounds, I could see the the time clowning. Big tall wall? I don't know. Big tall wall, y'all. Okay, nice. So, but again, it just goes to show that my man can have multiple takes of these songs and they'd be wildly different. Um, I'm curious why he, pulled this song out and did it over, uh, but I'm glad that it's on here so now you can hear the comparison into, again, in just a historical standpoint, I, I'm, I'll be glad that people will be able to hear, they'll be like man, this is the same song and it's totally different each time, you know, some might love this version some may love the other, um, I actually just prefer
2: the other version, that's
0: all I can say um,
2: Big Sexy You know, you <clears throat> hit around the head I mean, they're stripped down, they're sparse. I'm hearing a drum, a little bit of guitar here you know, near the end. I'm just hearing a, you know, a drum beat. Okay. It's, not, it's like he took everything else off of it and just left us with this. And it, to me, it sounds incomplete. You know, it sounds like he was tinkering with it and took everything else out of it. It's like, like, like on stage, you'll tell the band... Everybody lay out except Ida. Ida, you take it. So it's like he did that here. He, he told everybody to lay out or he manipulated everybody out. And all we hear is a, the drum and a little bit of guitar near the end. You know, it's engaging as somewhat of a novelty, but I just can't take it seriously. Sorry. All right. I'm not going to get mail on that, but sorry. I just can't take this one seriously. There you got a big, tall wall. Next
0: up is A Place in Heaven, Lisa Vocal. I'm going to go to Big Ken.
1: Well, as I said in Vault 1, man, A Place in Heaven, it's a pretty song, man. But for some reason, it just never really appealed to me that much. I mean, I listen to it from time to time, but it's, you know, it's it's okay. It's been around for a while. um, So this is not specific to the versions on this set, so to speak. But, you know, all of them. I mean, it's just overall the song is kind of just like it's okay. That said, this version is nice. Uh, I like the harpsichord and uh, Lisa's vocal and Prince's background. Vocal blend nicely together. Um, but like I said, it's an okay song. It's just not something I listen to often.
2: All right, Big Sexy. You know, I like Lisa's voice because you can hear her lack of ego in it. Because I'm sure on all, on all of the Wendy and Lisa stuff, or at least... The majority of it, is, it's windy. And that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, let's hear from Lisa, too. You know, I know she doesn't like to sing, but she's not bad at it. You know, if she could, the only way to, to get better at something is to keep doing it. But I think she should keep doing it. I think this is a nice little um, departure, and, and had it gone through and the band stayed together for another year or two, maybe they would have given a little spotlight during the tour. I don't know this this is okay i like it
0: all right i, I would just quickly say um you've heard this many times before i actually just my my nitpick i would have preferred they, they could have put a different song on this set just because it's already on here previously um but with that said i i do like at the very beginning when the beat kicks in it sounds like somebody is either just slightly off the mic or in the background but you can hear somebody yell or something like a howl. Yeah. yeah. And I love the energy of that because it's such a subdued song, but I could just only imagine Prince like just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go right into So I, So I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, but that's all I have to say about that. Um, day dropping.
3: Yeah. So with Lisa vocals, uh, I, you know, the, a little bit heavier bass on this one than than on the Prince version, and and that's cool. I mean, I, I like this version too. I kind of prefer Prince's vocal delivery, but this version has its place. It's kind of weird because I, I think it, the song lends itself better to a female singing it, yet comparing the Lisa's vocals to Prince's vocals. I like it better when it's sung by him. Um, so there is something to be said about Lisa singing it because I think it works better as a female singing it. But I, again, I like the way Prince sings it better than her. It's still whimsical. It's still dreamlike. It's always a song that I enjoy. Um, you know, and, and like the other version, I give this one a nine out of 10 as well, because it's just, it's so different than what Prince was doing prior to that, that we had heard that it just really stands out. It's just a different take on that. Oh, and also, um, I do want to note that um, that Kim was right. That other version, the reverse version, when you play it forward, it does sound very trippy, and and it's that's even a different take still. But and I do like that one also. But um,
0: this for this one here,
3: yeah, nine out of ten.
0: All right, man, nine out of ten. Um, wonderful day, but it's the twelve-inch mix. Uh, I'm going to pick Kim first.
1: Well, as I said in Vault 1, this is another favorite of mine, man, the butterscotch and chocolate theme, man, from Under the Cherry Moon movie, man. This, this, yep. this is always playing in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this is a favorite of mine. So this 12-inch, man, really is basically a blend of the Prince lead vocal version that's in the, you know, Vault 1, and then Lisa's and Wendy's, you know, lead vocals from, from the other version kind of interspersed with Prince also doing background version vocals and all together man it's you know cut together it's really nice i mean i i love the extended groove of it and you know but i do know that there is a you know the the actual studio version of the song i, I really would love to hear that um but other than other than that my opinion of this song remains the same man I, it, it's a pretty funky track to me i love it it gets mad airplay over here man so it's a, it's high on my list
3: all right day dropper yeah, although I like the Prince version for the the clarity that he has on his lyrical delivery, so I can really understand a lot better. Um, this version is funkier, in my opinion, because of the inclusion of the Revolution and the remix aspect. You know, back on on the first one, uh, the from from Vault One, uh, I had said then that if it was it was more fun and it was a longer ride, it would be a ten. Well, you know, this one is that on both aspects, it's 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 more fun, it's a longer ride. And for those who are wondering the lyrics on that bit that we would have heard on Under the Cherry Moon on the chocolate and butterscotch scene, well here, here you have it. This is where that came from. So yeah, this is the what the other one was plus more. And that's what I wanted from the other version from from that vault one. And that one was was a nine out of ten. So I said that if it would be a ten if it if it upped the annie, this one ups the annie. It's a ten out of ten.
2: All right, Mr. Big Sexy. You know, <clears throat> I didn't put that with Under the Cherry Moon until Ken just mentioned it. But now oh. I now it takes me right back to it. And, you know, again, though, this one. Eh. You know, to, to, to quote Mike, I'm not into this one. This one isn't, isn't grabbing me. I mean, it hits me for the nostalgic reference to fill out the score of Under the Cherry Moon. But that's really about it. Yeah, maybe I have to give it some more listeners, But right now, it's just not—it's not working for me. All right, I, I would just
0: say I, I agree with you—the nostalgia part of it, and you know, it makes it reminds me of the movie that I love. That I love the other version that we reviewed earlier on, and I think this is cool. The only thing this annoys me. And it's more so just the techniques of the mixing, the so-called remixing back in the day. All of that sort of double beat and, you know, repeating the stuff over and it starts to get on my nerves a little bit. And, <laughs> and I don't like that with Prince, Prince's stuff. Cause I just think you don't, you don't really remix Prince. Like he's, unless he does it, but I prefer him just playing the damn song. Like I want to hear the song, let it play out, but you don't have to add a whole bunch of shit on top of it. So, that's the only little thing, nitpick about it, but but I, I love that other version. And this is cool too. I love this one too. So I, you know, I'm not mad at this at all. Uh, again, nitpicking. I would have, I personally probably would not have put this on the album twice or on this set twice. Just if, if I know I have a plethora of all these other songs to play, that would be my only thing. I don't know if this one necessarily needed to be on, on here a second time, but, but that's just my opinion. All right, um man. Damn, we went through this one kind of quick. Hmm? All right, here's the last track. And I I, had a, I have some things to say about this, but Strange Relationships 1987 Shep Pettibone Club Mix.
2: Ooh.
0: Now <laughs> back in the day, you got your 12 inches, it would not be your, uh out of place to see a remix of whatever song you got on 12-inch, and it said Shep Pettibone. I never actually know who that was. I assume he was some sort of remix guy. He was very popular. Some stuff I dig. Most of it was not stuff that I personally would be into. Now, he may take, I I think he probably did some Janet ones too. Back in the day, I used to get the Janet 12-inches. But Prince, and particularly this time period, if if this had came out back then I would not have been feeling this at all. One, this is one of my favorite Prince songs. This is the jam. So I would have been like, okay, I expect to hear the long version of this Prince about to get nasty. And you know, we've somewhat got a little bit of that early on in this set. So this here when I started to listen to this I was like first of all man this dates it this sounds dated I was waiting for Bobby Brown or something to jump on the track and start singing because just the orchestra hits and all that that's so like late 80s 90s type of vibe. I was like man this really takes me back to you know I really don't give a damn I was like it's Bobby <laughs> Are we about to get on this one? (laughs) Uh, I can understand why Prince or whoever was like, yo, let's let homeboy Chef Pettibone remix this. Maybe we're gonna put this out, but I'm so glad this didn't come out back then. And I can appreciate them putting it on here. I I can appreciate that. If I was in the mix of putting this together, I may have argued like, ah, man, we can't put this out. We still got all these other songs. Are you serious? Like, you gonna put the Chef Petty? Like, who? <laughs> I'd have been like, who's doing that? Like, huh? Let that be for the twelve. You know, put that on the twelve-inch edit disc or something. Exactly. You know? but, exactly. Like, Why, when are we gonna start doing? I just so I, I just think it was very odd placing particularly of, of, of this song knowing that I know there is another version for instance there's another version of uh, I Could Take the Place of Your Man <coughs> remix that I think is far superior to this I assume Prince did that mix I'm not sure why that's not even on the set but that could have been on here because um, this song is already on the set um, isn't this on here three times or am I tripping? This particular song. Is this song on here twice?
1: Well, no, you got the 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 version that's on Vault 1 and then this
0: one. Okay, so it's twice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, and to me, this isn't, I don't know how much of this is Prince and Shepard, but I'm just not, This some of the sounds. Again, this is a song that, in my opinion, this tethers Prince to the normal world, this version of it it tethers it to the, the 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 djing remix sounds of that particular time period which i would not associate prince's music with that because to me i always felt like he was he kept his shit separate and uh i think the next album when we get into the glam slam 12 inch i think is a chef, is that the chef Petty bone did that one
1: I don't know if Chef did it, but it does sound a lot like this with the cuts and the edits and stuff.
0: Yeah, it, it it started to get into get into okay, he's a part of the regular world, and I have to re- catch myself as well. Uh, Hot thing was also remixed, but Hot mm. Thing ended up containing you could hear Prince was there was other you know parts that were cut out of the original that obviously injected into that, so it had more of a. It's not just some remixed up thing. Uh, so all that to say is I didn't really, I wasn't feeling this. And it's because I love this song so much. On, on my nitpick side of my side-eye side of myself, I'm annoyed by this. I don't know why. This annoys me to hear this. I don't, I'm, I don't know why. I mean, I'm, that's the the snob in me. Prince, snob, The Prince snob in me is annoyed by this. Like, ugh, <laughs> stop it. But anyway, um, that's my feel on this. Uh, day Dropping. Yeah, um I'm very much agree with you.
3: Um, Michael and uh originally I had I had thought a little bit better of this when I first heard it, and after having heard it multiple times already, uh unlike Big Tall Wall version one, which I felt was better hearing it, I I don't think as much for this one, having heard it more times. Uh I'd never heard this one before and, and it's it is very much a the Chef Pettybone remix. Um, I would say go maybe at some time go to YouTube listen to Chef Pettibone's remix of the George Michael song from the Faith album, a uh, song called uh, "Hard Day." Yeah, um, it sounds almost identical to it. There's so many. He they, well, his staple is on those. He has a certain sound that he does with his remixes, and it's right on there. If you listen to "Hard Day" the Chef Pettibone remix, it doesn't work. But you know what? Well, it, 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 you can see the similarities. It does work with George Michael because his music. Kind of goes that route in the faith album, so uh, it works there. It really doesn't work here, and um, it just seems really out of place, especially in this vault track. It, like you said, it should have been put in that remix uh, CD or the tra- it belonged right there. It doesn't belong here. This really took up way too much time on this that could have been uh, reserved for any other tracks uh, that were released then that, that aren't on here. Um, you know, it, it's it this version it's it's okay, I guess, but it's just does it's very unnecessary. Um at, at first I thought it gave it a new feel to the song, but now I think the opposite. It doesn't really do anything new to this song. Um it, it just it wears out its welcome pretty quick and it's it's good background music. And I don't think that strange relationship should ever be deemed as a background track to anything you're doing. And um in no way does this Trump the original, and no way does it really add to it. Um, so I, I give this one a score of five out of ten, only because the original is so good, and not because of, uh, and it stays at a five and no more because of the remix aspect to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, just shit. I would have, even though, see, and you can't even use the "well, it's been released already" card because half of these I have. I would have just put on like Last Heart or something. Like you know, what I mean, like shit. If you're gonna if you're gonna grab from shit that time period, and it's not like you can go find Crystal Ball that easy. How to put on Last Heart, a couple other mm-hmm. songs that from that period, just to go ahead and give a full Dream Factory ish, Crystal Ball ish type mm-hmm. music. But anyways, and you don't like,
3: end a, a CD, a vault CD track with this, with the, yeah
0: chef, no, chef you don't do that. Again, somebody's, "Oh man, we're going to get it signed the time super deluxe and the last strike going to be a chef petty bone mix."
3: Nah. nah. You, you ready to
0: pre-order? <laughs> 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 yeah. <out> <laughs> you bullshit <Yeah>. right? <laughs> but anyway, uh big camp
1: yeah, I pretty much agree with you guys, man. I mean, listening to it retrospectively in 2020, you know, like Ernie just said, I mean, it's all right. It's OK from that perspective. But you're right, Mike, man, if this would have been put out in 87 and I'm glad they didn't, I would have been, you know, I would not have dug it, man, because, you know, no shade on Chef Pettibone. But again, that was his style. His style does sound very, very dated. You know, he did a lot of these, you know, synth hits and stabs and cuts and, you know, inserting all these drum rolls and spots that really didn't need it. And, and like Ernie said, he did it on on hard day. He did it on a lot of artists. You know, he did a lot of artists remix. He he was pretty hot back then. But again, no shade on him. I mean, that was the style back then. Right. You know, what I'm saying a lot of cats did remixes like that back then. Um, you know, never was my real thing, but that's what it was. You know, I never. To me, this kind of has this over quote unquote factory danceified danceified vibe to it that I just yes. don't like, man, and it just detracts
0: it, a little it's bit fake from the Teddy there. Riley. Actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, it, <laughs> and, and which which is
0: interesting unto itself.
1: <laughs> there's a part in the middle, man, where I swear when I'm listening to it, it almost you know where he kind of just breaks it down. It almost feels like it slows the tempo down, you know, to to fit into this d- four on the floor dance vibe. You know, but whatever, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Prince sanctioned it to be done. Now, Luckily, he, you know, he had the wise authority to not put it out. But I will give Shep points on the fact that he did manage to keep some of the some of the chicken grease guitar and the burner Ber- Whale style bass synth stuff that Prince was doing. Mm. So he gets a couple of points for that. But, you know, now nah, this is, you know. This to me, to be honest with you guys, man, this period right here, you know, I'm, well, not this period, this time in in remixes, because I'm with you guys. I'm from that school where when Prince would put out a 12 inch, I was expecting the extended versions of yes. songs. I was expecting, you know, the, the, you know, the kisses and alphabet streets, like the full versions of songs. But then, you know, I, I knew then when he when he put out Hot Thing and it sounded a little bit different. I'm like, OK, you know, something's All a little right. off, but OK, fine. Then Love Sexy the Glam Slam totally butchered that one. And then it just, you know, after that, it just it went remix. We went away from the twelve inch and we went to remix. So
0: you it know, was just okay. it was
1: just the way it was. No, it's just what it was, man. It was just a harbinger of what was to
0: come, I guess. That's I mean. what I was about to say. You actually you kinda hit on that. That that was a the signpost that things were slightly changing. Yeah. You know, yeah. when those when those twelve inch remixes came out and they had the the tinge of the current sound attached to him. Yeah. "Ah." Yeah.
1: But I agree. Ultimately they could have, they, you know, this probably could have been, they could have put something Like you said, last hard." you know, you know, make your mama happy. I mean, there's tons of stuff that he, that he did around this period. They probably could have put here to end this a little bit better, but
3: you know, that's just a nitpick. I I guess for me, I probably never really, and I could find probably, you know, something to, to negate this, but, for me, uh, on a Prince thing, don't give me a remix. Give me the 12-inch, you know, because th- I know that that's going to be, like you were saying, Ken, that, that's that's the next level of that. The remix usually tends to be the next level of a song, you know, and that's just not the case here. And I, I rarely do I think that's ever the case with Prince songs anyhow. When you get the remix of of a Prince song, it usually, it, it's unnecessary tinkering. Where the 12-inch, that's, you're getting the full extent the full version of the song. And that's, to me, that I prefer that over a remix of pretty much any Prince song. I'm, again, I could probably find something that uh, a Prince remix that, that will negate that. But for the most part, that's, that's my sentiment on it.
1: That was just the, the times that we would, the way stuff mm-hmm. was changed. I remember feeling that way, like on uh, the 12 inches for like the future
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and uh, what was the other, electric chair like I was like, man, like Electric Chair was one I really expected. Like, okay, because I, I saw him on Saturday Night Live, you know, basically do, you know, look, go and in, go into a portion of that song that I know they could have took someplace with the extended version, but they went the remix route. So mm-hmm. it was just a sign of the times. No pun intended.
0: Yeah, you know, and we're gonna go to big sexy here, but I think it's like, um, uh, I think it was probably like, you know, what his sound was so different from where music was going. Right. And it was probably like, sonically, they're like, dude, we, I, whoever, if it was him thinking this or whatever, it was like, your music doesn't, it literally doesn't sound sonically like, like what's hitting right now in the clubs. Like, how are we going to go from one of your records? And then, you know, we drop one of these Teddy Riley jams or something, you know, very hard hitting drums, you know, hip hop, rap drums. And then of course, you know, playing rap music was, you know, that was so like cutting edge and he's coming through and it doesn't have that, I would say sonically, it doesn't really have that sound to it. And I think he's trying with like, like big tall wall or these boom, boom, boom. but it just doesn't, you know, he he comes from a different space musically. I I would say like, like, like Strange Relationship to me is more sly, was it Billy Preston, Preston, you know? Uh, It's that kind of vibe, but it's, you know, but he has that Prince thing to it as opposed to it being more like, you know, Planet Rock, uh, Run DMC, you know, LL Cool J and and then the new faces of R&B that's starting to tear it down, which to me, they're trying to make this song sound like Teddy, right? The influence of his stamp or his influence on music at that time is starting to be so heavy like if it doesn't have that type of sound, it's probably not gonna really get played. So they're thinking, okay, the twelve inch, let's make it sound like what's sonically happening right now. I and mean, I don't think that's, and it doesn't work. And I think as we start to see those twelve inches after this are trying to do that, and I don't think it is. I don't think it really clicks in until Prince himself has some sort of better understanding of the music, and then we have like "Get Off," which is a perfect like. He doesn't. Even though that is still remixed, but at least it's like this sounds the essence of the today's sound. But it has the Prince thing. Nobody else needs to mess with this. And but 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 you can hear it in the rest of his songs, like like you said, all those other twelve inch releases. They're trying to make it sound like current music. Uh, love to the left of me, love to the right. You know, it's like, okay, let's it's have the rap element to it or something, but. It, but if he just stuck to what he did, it would have been fine. But I can understand why they probably was like, "Yeah, it's got. We got to make it sound this way." And I, which, which is the, the the beginning of the end. I hate to say it that way, but. You know. Well, you know, music was changing. Somebody got their TV playing in the background. But uh, but anyway, uh, Big Ken, what you think?
1: Big Sexy. Big Sexy. Damn, went- I'm, I, 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 I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> I know it's too many bigs, man. It's okay.
2: <laughs> this takes me back. <laughs> this whole thought takes me back to like 81, 82, when Rick James had Super Freak and they came out with the remix of that and I was all excited and I get home and I play it and all it does is Super Freak. Meow, meow. I'm like, really? This is it? You know, so remixes for me, uh, Yeah, it's it's a touchy area. And I believe Prince himself said once, I don't do remixes remixes, because if I want to play longer, we'll just play it longer. Case in point, America, the 12-inch, 21 minutes. Now, I know I'm going to get some mail and some blowback on this, but so be it. This Petty Bone Cat, and I've heard the name a lot of times, but it's like, dude, I've heard the name, but you ain't done shit. It's like back in the early 90s, people would take an exist, existing song and stick what they called a house mix on it. And they just stuck on some bullshit snare drum track. Like, really? This is it? You know, so Shep didn't do shit for me with this one. They could have left this one off. And the fact that, well, it's not only a remix, it's the Shep Pettibone remix. Oh, well, I'll change his thing. Now, fuck him. I didn't like it at all. I like him fucking with it. And now if he wants to do that shit in the clubs with all the EDM, Calvin Harris crap, Hey man, do your thing. Believe, leave musicians alone. All right. Take it somewhere else with that.
0: Yeah. And you know, I can, I can understand. I think I was reading Michael, how he was sort of, it seemed like he was excited that they found this tape and just but I can get, I can understand where he's coming from. I would just say going forward though, you know i don't i don't know who that the brain trust council or who they have there but <clears throat> as a fan i would just say and i'm not speaking for all fans we may want to just leave the remixes we don't Pass. that ain't really what we're trying to get we you know correct we yep. want the prince music <laughs> unless now again it gets tricky it, you know unless it's something prince like was so passionate about, it. and you can see evidence that yeah, he wanted Teddy to do this, and he played on maybe something like they worked together. But even when Prince did something like this on the Crystal Ball release, he was putting those remixes. I I was at I was kind of like, yeah, is this where you got a vote and you putting this out? <laughs> like, we yeah. don't want to hear the remixes. Now, I will admit, I love the shock G remix of Love's is it love side? You no know uh-huh. yeah, and that's cool. You know, I it's very derivative of his other works, particularly I Get Around by Tupac. But it was interesting. Now would I have but looking back at that, if I would have known Prince, I would have said, Yeah, that's cool, man, but what about them other? You got tracks. We don't need to hear that. So I'm just saying to, to the estate, I would probably pass on the next one. You can just leave all of them a little leave those to like last consideration. Prince first. And then, then think about that. You don't want, but but please don't end a set with a a, a, the the next set if it's like love, sexy or something. Please don't let the less the last track be dance on the Eddie F remix. That that will not be. (laughs) Dance on. (laughs) We don't nah. We don't want to hear the in living color style remix of (laughs) (laughs) William. no <laughs> all right um uh, man so that's vault three uh we gonna go to big ken man what's what's your thoughts overall thoughts on vault three and let me ask you this too uh if it's not too early to ask how does it stack up compared to the other two
1: well i'll say that vault one was was, was great it set the table uh vault two raised the bar and i thought Vault three you know i you know excluding uh the, the misstep at the end with the with the remix that we just talked about it it capped off the the, the vault material very well um like the other two parts there there's some serious powerhouse songs in this section for me including you know those i spoke about that hit me in ways that i didn't expect uh that i didn't see coming um and But I'll just say that altogether, man, the, the material presented in and, and all three of these sections, man, is, is well executed for the most part. And it just really just further solidifies the genius of Prince to me, man, and it elevates his already legendary status, man. And, and the kicker uh, in, in all this, man, is that, you know, this is all vault material, man, that he didn't release for whatever reason, and the quality of which is stunning, right? You know, there are a lot of artists out there, you know, who the sum total of their officially released material won't, can't come close to the quality of some of this stuff. So overall, it's just simply amazing to me, man. I'm just glad to have it.
0: All right. Big six,
2: a big sexy, excuse me. You know, I, I, I dug all three vault sections. Uh, if I had to put a favorite, I have to say two, followed by three, then by one, even though three has the weakest entry at the end. You know, because again, Chef Pettibone, Oh well, that well, changes things. Get out of here. Um, I love that the state did this, and again, it, it gives an opportunity for people like us. Yes, I'm putting on my snob hat now to further show what our guy's about. You know, oh, he can do this. Yeah, he can do that. He can do that. Yeah, he can do this. He can do it. Anything he wanted to do. And the fact that he has so much music, you know, socked away back there, completed music, it's just amazing. You know, I remember getting the same uh, reaction from people back in 2004 when he did the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, man, that solo, I didn't know he could play like that. Man, you Mm. don't know shit. (laughs) You know, he's been doing that for 100 years, man. That is not even one of his better solos, in my opinion. So, But it's cool. It's cool. And so I'm glad that it's still out there. And again, for people, again, like us, who through questionable means may, may or may not have some sort of this music already, it's good to have an official capacity and allows us to sh- support the estate and let us p- essentially put our money where our mouth is, you know? So that's, that's good for me too. So I think it's a great job. And I don't know how much further they can take things because this was a massive set now i'm not i'm not saying the material isn't there because i'm sure it is but how, how do you top this where do you go from here all right they drop it um yeah if i'm just gonna put
3: them in any kind of order it'd be a first place and a second place uh first place would be the second vault Vault two CD. Um that I think that has a whole bunch of stuff put together. It's hard to get through that one, uh, because of all all that's there. And then depending on how I feel, it's either one second place, it's either one C D one or C D three. Uh, but they you can alternate those two. So I'll just basically lump those two in in the second place. Um, in terms of the the whole collective here, uh like, like uh exactly said that this um it gives you a chance to really uh, demonstrate to the non-listeners out there who who, who know Prince for the guy who wears purple has a curly hair and, and, and saying purple rain for, for those people like that, they're your casual listeners or, or the ones who don't know even more. So the young, young kids who don't know, um, to have them hear stuff like this and just know that, they, you know, this, this guy did that. And it's funny. I like that. Uh, big sexy mentioned the rock and roll hall of fame video. Cause lately I've been seeing a lot of reaction videos on YouTube from that seems to be kind of like a hot topic. And i like to see that see those because people react to him being on the guitar and I'm thinking, you know, yeah, I know you're kind of blown away by that, but I hope that you use that just live video as a catalyst to get you to listening to more because there is so much more to listen to. Um, this collection here, uh, it has so many, so many gems in it. Like you guys said, this is, this is the, this is, easily the 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 whole catalog for grinning artists and this is just a three-year period um you know this particular collection here on the on vault three with the exception of the the last one um it's it's very good even on my lesser scores that doesn't mean it's a less it's it's not a good track all the tracks are good again with the exception of the last one i don't care much for that but um All the other tracks on all the other uh, vault CDs, they're they're excellent. You know, I just for me to score something six, seven, eight, nine, I'm being ultra ultra nitpicky on it to do that. And um, but because you're you're amongst a a class of jewels of songs, you're giving something a six. Well, you're also saying that that's way leaps and bounds above what most other people can do and do do. I'm just, you know, I'm glad that this came out. I don't know how the the estate will be able to trump this or if they can. I'm not gonna hold it against them if they can't, because this is one hell of a crazy release. But if they can, oh boy, we're in for a ride. All right. Hey Mike, can I yeah. can I add something else real quick? Certainly. So
1: you know i mean you know all of us and you know all prince fans man <clears throat> we can you know argue and debate over you know the inclusion or exclusion of, of this song and that song or this should have been in this period and this and all that but at the end of the day man i'm i'm just really glad that this set is out man i think this set is worthy of the artist that is celebrating and and it's a perfect vehicle man in my opinion to just showcase uh, a sentiment that, you know, I've, I say it all the time in every show. I know I sound like a broken record, man, but it's impossible to overstate, man, just like how insanely creative and prolific, you know, Prince was. And I think this set really captures that, man. And 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 we're talking about it's, it's a set that's focused around in and around just one period of his co- career. I mean, we all know that this guy, that's all he did, man. This guy could walk into a studio at any given time at the, on the drop of a hat by himself, by him, by himself. Right. He can go in there and lay down whole songs, track by track, play every instrument, lay <laughs> down the vocals, everything. And he did this literally pretty much every day. Right. He either wrote or record or did both pretty much every day for the entirety of his career. Like this cat never even had a job. Like this all he did. Right. And so it's just like, To me, man, you know, this set really captures just a a, a wide swath of what Prince is about and what he was what he was capable of, man. And again, to me, it kind of puts into perspective what I've always said and what I've always thought, man, that that Prince's stuff, man, it comes from a higher place, man. It's from the divine, man. I, I don't think that Prince could even control this, this, you know, just in terms of the sheer amount of music and the pace that he was doing this stuff. Dude, I think this music was coming from a higher place. I don't think he can control it. I don't think he could turn it off. That's why he just wrote all the time. That's why Warner Brothers had a hard time reigning the men. That's why he's got a friggin vault with years and years and years of music because he had to have some place to put it because he couldn't release it. You know, I mean, like Warner Brothers, like you know, no, no shade to them, but how can you contain the ocean? You see what I'm saying? Like that's where he was at, man. And this, this thing just really scratches the surface of that because you know we know man come on man there's got to be there's probably tons of material on the purple rain era the parade era the controversy era and even even the you know the the less celebrated stuff we you know you know the gold experience and everything else we know that's all he did man was record so this gives me hope man you know i don't know if they'll ever top this but man if they can if they can just continue to put out releases like this and this quality man they got my money every time man i'm there for it
0: all right uh, my final thought on Vault Three, uh, I agree with uh, Ernie. I would, for me, Vault Two is the top. I would say Vault Two, Vault One, and then this one. Um, there's, I'm still getting through Vault Three. Uh, the songs on the other ones capture my attention probably a little more, so I'm still, I'm still jamming on those. I'm still working on them because uh, it's a lot of material. But there is some fabulous stuff on here. There's a lot of deep. Uh, these are deep cuts, even for like a, a Prince fan in terms of just a, a of the unreleased stuff. Vault Three has a lot of deep cuts in that realm. If that makes any sense, uh, a lot of them that have some great stories to them too, which I hope is preserved in the context of it. That's why I say you know Cosmic Bay is important. Wally's important. Uh, just kind of what they mean as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I really love this one. You know, looking at all three of these, and I'll make it quick, it just goes to show like he had so much going on in his mind. And it's it's fascinating to look at all three of these, even aside from the albums that we did get, is that he, he could have went so many different directions and there's just so much material here. It, it's It's almost hard to think of how do you uh, come to a decision to, okay, I'm going to do Camille or no, I want to do this or no, it's going to be this. And, and you can hear that he had so much, he had so much time on his hands and he was so busy with the time that he had that he was able to come with all of these ideas and things that they could have done. And it's interesting to to think of that. And then when he decides that he wants to do this, somebody was in a position to say, even that, We wouldn't even be able to sell that properly. Like it's that's too much. Can you can you even tone that down? And what he gave them was already something sort of toned down. Now that you look at all of this, so it's just interesting, you know, of what what this is what it looks like when a guy has he's devoted to one thing and he's super prolific and he has super creativity, and then somehow trying to take that art and make it a product that could be for sale. And sometimes it doesn't work. You know, you're going to have to do some changes there. You you know, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they would have just allowed him to put it all out. Would that have been too much? Who knows? And, you know, we think about, uh, the attention spans of people and what was the attention span back then? You know, was there, was there a machine in place that have been able to handle all of that material and marketing and stuff. You know, these are other questions. These are questions. Obviously, Prince ain't got the deal. He don't. He don't think or deal with. He's just in the creative space. So he's just making shit. But uh, yeah, fascinating listen. Fascinating listen. Um, so there you go. We did the Volt tracks. We are going to do. Uh, I will see if I can wrangle the, the brothers together for some of the other stuff. But there will be a review of the, the DVD, the concert. We're going to talk about that. Of course, we'll talk about the remix disc, and you know another listen to the album, right? How does it sound, Sonic? Mm-hmm. The other, so we still got more to do. But um, I think we get we were able to do something special here, man, by getting these guys together, and we went through and talked about this vault stuff. So please, I want for the listeners, please send your thanks to Big Ken, Big Sexy, Day Dropping. Let them know. Um, we're curious to hear what you think about these songs. Uh, before we get out of here, Big Ken, where can people find you online?
1: Oh, man, let me see. That's Twitter, Big Ken on Twitter, and then Ken Mitchell on Facebook. All right. Mr. Day Dropping.
3: Um, Ernie Wiles on Facebook as well as on Twitter.
0: All right. And Big Shaxi?
2: <laughs> All right. <clears throat> on Facebook, Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2, and Twitter. And I just have to break somebody off today on Twitter, WSE Mark. All right. And of course, you can find us here on podcastjuice.net.
0: You can also find us on YouTube. Just look up Podcast Juice or Podcast on Prince. And we're on all the other platforms Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.